Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for another edition of Done There Been That. I am Eunice Elliott, joined by the effervescent Mike Hale. Ooh, I had to look that word up. I know. I, I thought I would give you your vocabulary word of the day, effervescent. That was, okay. that was, that was good. Hey, what's up, Eunice? How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? That feels like I'm alive and well, like I'm like moisturized or something like that. Effervescent just That's sounds like it's like wet, like it's like, okay. Well, like, no, the, your moisturize is different than wet. But yeah, take it as positive and move on. Because well, see, that's he, what I'm saying. Well, you can't tell the man a word and now next thing he's talking about, yeah, I like that. I sound wet. <laughs> I take it from you to that. Yeah, you know, you know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> this ain't that kind of podcast. I'm what almost up, afraid to ask you where have you been and what have you done since last we met. But, uh... I ain't been keep there. It, I've been in here. a little bit of a drought when it's come to that. Keep it here, Michael. Oh, oh, keep oh, it sorry. here. Hold on. Let me bring it back down. Uh, let me bring Please. it back down. Done there, been Please. that. This is where I am right now. Where have I okay. been? Uh, I hosted at the Improv last night, which was a thrill. Uh, to be oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I hosted my boy Gumbo. I don't know if you know Gumbo, but he gave me an opportunity to go up there and co-host with him uh, with some great comedians. Had a good time enjoying it. I got like three or four shows this week coming up, including one with you. So, Looking forward to that on Saturday. What about you? Yeah, same, same working. You know, I still have not been discovered yet. So now I'm on the clock. I had claimed at the beginning of February I was getting discovered this month. And uh -huh. each day that passes in February, I'm like, <laughs> somebody needs to get on it. So still working on getting discovered. And by discovered, I mean by somebody other than Wells Fargo. They don't only, they stay in my inbox every day like, hey, girl. <laughs> Hey, uh, what you that? When can we expect payment? When can we expect payment? <laughs> uh, we have discovered you. that you have not made your monthly payment. That's what we discovered. <laughs> uh, uh, discover, discovered I ain't made it, it either. So <laughs> I am looking forward to getting discovered by somebody else. Uh, but just more shows. Yeah, we have a day show coming up on this Saturday in town. I also have a show in Santa Barbara coming up. So just a lot Ooh. of comedy. Comedy's been fun, and comedy is probably one thing that keeps me um, excited most of the and time because you get to go good. and make people. Oh, well, thank you, Mike. Likewise, let me tell you, I've only seen you once or twice, but uh, I've been impressed. I know you always talk about just starting out or whatever, but I think if you are a natural born entertainer or presenter, comedy oh, is kind you. of a, another step in the storytelling arena. You know, it all thank comes you. down to storytelling. And here's the thing. You have been discovered. You just don't know you've been discovered yet. There are people that are talking about you in places that you don't even know about that are going to make a difference in your life in the years to come. Just wait and see. It's they're, they're already, they've discovered you. They just haven't done anything with you. So it's coming. You're an immensely talented person. I'm telling you, man. I'm going to, oh, one you, day Mike. I'm going to look back and mm -hmm. five, six years from now, I'm going to be saying, hey, you know what? 
we used to do a podcast together. I'm like, so be so proud. Hopefully, I'm somewhere big too. But hopefully, <laughs> you know, we'll say we used to do this podcast together. Maybe we'll still be doing the podcast. Maybe if I don't know if the Inflection Network be able to pay you by then. You know what I mean? No, be able to no. Price you. going up. Price is going oh, price, up. Price is going price up. Going <laughs> up. Price is definitely going. Up. But I also you spent know, some time the- with. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I spent some time with Jay Harris over the. You know Jay Harris from ESPN. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. in town with his wife and uh, my, my best friend. All three of them. They, we had a house full of people in here. We had a wonderful time, man. So it's always good to be around your friends and family as well. What were you going to say? So, no, I was going to say, you know, the whole discovery piece, I think that's the story for everybody. It's like, you know, you don't see the seed under the ground. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you can kind of be messing up the process because you keep digging it up, trying to check on it. Like, well, wait a minute. Is it germinating? Is it growing? Is it, you know, just leave it alone, plant the seed, nurture it, water it, go on about your business. Um, That's what patience is. But if it could be this week, but if it could be this week. (laughs) You know what? You don't don't want them to dig it up before. (laughs) If it ain't right, you don't want it. I just need the time to be this week. That's all. (laughs) Well, you (laughs) you want the time to be this week and you want it (laughs) to be by the right people because, you know, I always say, and I've learned, and I've been in this business for 29 years and I've had to learn patience. So we're talking about done there, been that. Patience is key because there have been opportunities that I've been presented with that I'm happy that I did not get or I turned down because it would have ruined my career instead of upholding or uh, enhancing my career. So sometimes, man, with glitters ain't always gold. So uh, just because somebody gives you an opportunity, you think it's an opportunity of lifetime, you feel it in your gut. And if your gut is telling you that this is not right for you at this particular time, always listen to your gut. I'm telling you. And Mike, I like how you keep going so philosophical. I agree with everything you're saying. And then if it <laughs> happened this week, <laughs> okay, all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna be patient till the, for this week. That's the way to patient. I'm patient for this week. It's it, you know we just get started. You got to the end of the week, okay? Universe, Lord God, Jesus, okay, what's, what's, fix it quickly. Okay, Thank you, Ann. <laughs> now you said you had a house full of people, but that's because you were having a. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl party without having to pay for it? We have to say the big game party. Yeah, I had a big game party uh, down in uh, you know my, my friends didn't show up. My friends were all my Jay was on a yacht somewhere. My my friend was somewhere he went to back to las vegas with his girl or whatnot so they were gone by then but i had a big super bowl party and it was a coordination once again because uh kansas city chiefs uh, officially a dynasty patrick mahomes his uh, third time winning super bowl mvp the chiefs did it and here's the thing about it Eunice. uh you know we don't talk much about the games uh on this podcast but i got to talk about patrick mahomes because as soon as i saw san francisco kick that field goal in overtime and they gave Patrick Mahomes that opportunity to win the game on their possession, I knew it was over because Patrick you Mahomes know is just that guy. <laughs> you know, I feel that in every overtime, once somebody kicks the field goal on that first possession, <laughs> I don't care who the quarterback yeah. is, I know, oh, well, they know they got to get a touchdown <laughs> to beat me. Um, I think anytime a Super Bowl goes to overtime um, – you know, I don't know if I have PTSD from being with the Titans uh, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I I didn't have I didn't I didn't have a dog in this particular fight. So my emotions, yeah. but just as a sports fan, you know, you can't help but feel the excitement for a potentially winning team, the devastation of a potentially losing team. So overtime is always great dramatics and theatrics, but also it's like I just I, I'm yeah. a person that I would rather even if it's my team, I would prefer a blowout emotionally. I would wow. rather us know we're going <laughs> to lose by 45 to nothing yeah. by the second mm-hmm. quarter than to lose by missed field goal in overtime. Like, or I would just I beat my team. Beat my team, beat us up, embarrass us, Ooh. and I will feel better about it emotionally. Now, I still want to win. I still want to feel like I got a chance, but just whoop us. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I like my team is out of the playoffs. I'm so happy. Like I'm so happy sometimes when my team doesn't even make the playoffs because I know that particular team they weren't good enough to actually win it all. But sometimes they get into the playoffs and you think maybe there's a chance, and then your emotions and your anxiety starts getting up, and then your anticipation starts percolating a little bit more than it should be. You know, I got PTSD from you know just you know we talking about done there been that you know my my dad was always saying my real dad said he was gonna come pick me up. On, on, on the stoop on Saturday. He and, always got to go somewhere with this. What, that, that's I knew, I knew where this. the story was going as soon as you said my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is done I knew this that. was going to be an abandonment issue story as it soon as you is. said my real dad. <laughs> I knew we're it. talking about trauma, but this is like, my I got trauma. a real dad. I have a real oh, dad, too. And I knew we, we're keeping it light. We're keeping it light. Okay. When we start talking about real dads, I know I already know where it's going. I'm, 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 I'm working through my traumas. That's what I'm doing. It's just it's like I no, said, sometimes you still get triggered. 
And as yeah, well, okay. so as a so fan, break sometimes break when back. you get anticipation <laughs> and you feel yeah. like, okay, this might be the year, and then they disappoint you because they don't show up when they're supposed to, and they said it. I'm sorry. I'm See, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I knew it, y'all. I be trying to get him to pull it back like Mike. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. We're, we're I saw it. About, I saw it. We were talking about like, the fans I literally, If you're watching it on YouTube, y'all can see the done there, bend that screen behind Mike. I can see the writing on the wall from here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was coming. You know what's coming. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I will say uh, my uh, your team and my team did it to me this year, University of Alabama. Mm. It, from very early on, they were not a disciplined team. They were mm. making really bad penalties all season. And so I didn't have a lot invested in them emotionally this year. I want them to win every game. I'm still a fan, but I wasn't emotionally invested in them. And I remember when they made it to the <clears throat> SEC championship game, I didn't even try to watch the game. I was working mm. that day. I didn't even try to get it off because I didn't want to see the embarrassment. And as I kept checking the score of the game and Alabama was leading the majority of the game, I kept saying, Okay, I'm getting frustrated. Just go ahead and beat us so we can move on. And by the time they beat Georgia and then yeah. made it to the play, I was like, I tried not to get involved here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we know how that like, ended. So I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. And that's what yeah. I'm talking about. The anticipation of getting so close and then just having your emotions just dissolved at the end. Imagine being an Atlanta Falcons fan having a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots and losing that lead in the second half. I'm talking about they have never gotten past that. So imagine being San Francisco. In the last four years, you've gone to two Super Bowls, lost to the same team, and you in both of those, you blew 10-point leads. So being a fan is a hard, hard road to crawl sometimes, especially if your team disappoints you. It's good to get there. It's good to say you've gotten to the Super Bowl, you've gotten to the pinnacle. But if you don't win it all at the end of the day, when that confetti comes down, you just want to kick everybody. You've already it's, seen. It's hard. It's hard. You've seen it's videos really of people destroying flat screen televisions because their team lost. One of the and, and, that, and that's not okay. And that's not okay, guys. Let's let's well, let's just it. go ahead and say that's not okay. But you know what's interesting? Um, and I I worked for the Tennessee Titans when we made it to the Super Bowl. But the week or the two weeks before for the AFC Championship game it was the Music City Miracle. You know, and so again, that team was not. We lost. I remember we lost every preseason game. It was just our first year being the Titans after making mm-hmm. the move up to the Tennessee Order. You know, so everything was new. It was a new stadium, new uniform new logo and so mm-hmm. there was not a lot expected of this team but as the season went on the music city miracle making it to the afc championship game then going to the super bowl to lose by that one yard <laughs> um that that, that is PTSD. and so what i remember when i'm watching the super bowl and it's going to overtime of course i have flashbacks from that but it's also a challenge being around the losing team. I had to fly back mm. on the team plane with mm. the losing team. And let mm. me tell you, <laughs> to Ooh. be around 50-something adult men who have sacrificed their lives, their bodies, their family's time, time with their kids, missing births, missing funerals, to be on that plane of the losing team, <clears throat> excuse me, for a Super Bowl, <clears throat> you talk about waiting for the, the, the air to, the air was pressurized. Let me say that more mm-hmm. so than on mm-hmm. a normal flight. And yes. it's an interesting feeling, right? To be on the outside, having no emotion, no attachment to it. I still can feel and, and recall the pain of the pain. losing a Super Bowl. All it's that rough. hard work from training camp, to the mini camps they had before training camp, to the preseason games, that Titans team started off six and zero before they're losing their first game of the season. I was on, I was covering that team that year, to winning the AFC Championship game, to getting to the Super Bowl, and then one yard away. How much pain did you feel on that playing units? How much did you see in those players' eyes, those fifty-three players that gave everything they wanted, everything they had to win that particular game? How much pain did you say it again? One more time. A lot of pain, right? (laughs) It was a lot of pain, but you know what? But let me say this. It was a lot of pain, and they were looking at me to show the emotion that they didn't feel they could show. And, you know, I was the girl on the team, you know, and I was just like – well, and I don't know. That didn't mean cry. That didn't mean cry. Just show the emotion. But here's the thing: as a sports professional, you are trained that you don't show emotion in the press box. You know, so it can be your team, it can be your mm-hmm. friends. You send in the press box, you get escorted and put out the press box if you dare cheer, yeah. yell, whatever. Yeah. So I am yeah. naturally inclined to be very stoic when it comes to <laughs> in, in sports events, right? So now you're on this plane, you're around these people you've been working with all year. 
I'm not inclined to show emotion. Obviously, we were disappointed. Obviously, we were upset. And I will say my memory of it this year was also different because Steve McNair is not with us anymore. Now, Frank mm -hmm. Wycheck, who was also Wycheck. part of the Music City Miracle. And you just realize how sports is such a big part of our actual lived experience as friends, as teammates, as fans, as neighbors, uh, how much sports is a part of our lives. And then when you have the the spaces that aren't filled anymore, you know, it's, it's, it's always bigger than the game. It's a big game, the biggest game, but it's so many other things that are bigger than that yes, that we saw on Sunday as well. This because I was in that same locker room. I had to interview those players that day, that night after they lost, came up one yard short. I saw the disappointment in their eyes. The next year I went to New York. The Giants went to the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl. I went into the locker room and saw the pain, the disappointment of all that hard work that they had generated over the season to get to that point, only to come up short. Here's where I'm going right now. Because I You are a bad luck charm. You are the Drake. Oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I knew you was gonna do that. And then I put it on the team for you. <laughs> I, I, I put it on the team. Maybe they were just disappointed <laughs> being around me. Woo. Maybe. Right, but please, I, but everybody's I, like, Mike, I, don't cover my team this year. <laughs> but but I have covered I've covered a couple of World Series scenes with the Yankees and a couple of uh, NBA teams that went to the NBA chat. So I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm good in best. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So anyway, but here's this. We talk about that emotion. We talk about that pain. We talk about that sacrifice that they make. When I hear people coming out talking about how the NFL is rigged, how this is all scripted, I cringe. I get super emotional, not only for myself, but for those players that are out there putting in all that hard work, all that dedication, putting their bodies and their lives literally on the line week in and week out to play the game of football, to win the game of football. So when I hear people talking about the Super Bowl is rigged, how the NFL is scripted, I'm like, how dare you? You have so no what do you idea. think people think that? Why do you where do you think that that idea came from for so many people um, who say it? We we live in a QAnon society these days. Everything is conspiracy theory. Everybody thinks anything that doesn't go their way 
is a conspiracy theory. That is bottom line. You think about it from the Republicans on the QAnon side when it comes to, you know, like pizza uh, places, uh, bringing in children and, 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 and doing crazy things with children or whatever, drinking the blood of children, uh, that extreme. You're talking about even now when people are talking about the Illuminati, just because somebody has a, a, a form of success or whatever, and they don't have that form of success, they must be in the Illuminati. They must be gay. It's always some kind of conspiracy theory that comes along with success. If it doesn't go the person's way, all of a sudden it can't be because it was uh, uh, supposed to be or because it was a coincidence or whatnot. It has to be some kind of conspiracy. So when you look at the NFL and they're talking about, well, oh, wow. Uh, the Super Bowl colors are the colors of the San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, this is already rigged. We already know what's going to go on there. And, and it's happened the last four years. Sometimes it can be a coincidence. They got monkeys at the zoo that picked the Super Bowl winner. Is he in with the NFL? Does Roger Goodell have him on the payroll too? <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's not be so stupid and start thinking that this game, when you have 1,700 players who play in this game every single year, and talking about the personnel, talking about people like you who work for these NFL teams, that not one person who has ever worked for the NFL has ever come out and said that the NFL is scripted or this game is rigged. And a lot of them can't stand the NFL now. A lot of them have sued the NFL. A lot of them don't give a damn about the NFL. Not one of these people have come out and said the game is rigged. So how dare you come out and basically say that this game is scripted and rigged? I just think it's stupid. And I think you need to go somewhere with that. Enjoy the game or just move on. You know what I mean? Or just move on. Stop talking about that. I I, I just I, I don't like it. So that's all I had to say that death to all those were not necessarily death. I maybe, mean, he's you know, going in. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe just start watching it. If you feel like it's rigged, just start watching it because it's not for you. You know, I, I, I get people looking at it for the entertainment value and all that type of stuff like that. I understand that, you know, the NFL is bringing in people and they care about celebrity. I get all that. But when you're talking about the NFL is rigged, you're talking about it's scripted. I'm like, that is some of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And I had a good friend of mine when I was watching the Super Bowl that was making it less enjoyable because every other. See, I told you this is rigged, man. Look, Patrick Mahomes doesn't make that throw. He threw an interception. So but what did you say at the end of the game when they actually won the game? Was it supposed to go in overtime? Was San Francisco supposed to kick that field? Was, 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 did uh, Purdy miss that open receiver because Chris Jones came in unblocked? I mean, like, was that all scripted? For them, so San Francisco and the disappointment and the pain that you see on those players' faces at the end of the game, the Baltimore Ravens the week before, Detroit Lions and their long-suffering fans, you think the Detroit Lions would purposely blow a 17-point lead, a team that's never been to the Super Bowl before, you know what I mean, and blow a 17-point lead and their fan? come on, are you serious? Well, you know, I will, okay, I will say, I will say. I understand why people think it's rigged, and I'm going to share why. Okay. It was so many people that before this particular game, once the two teams were set, uh, that said exactly how the game was going to go. So those people already feel like, um, not that they have insight, but I think it was a storybook ending for a storybook, a story that has the media has enjoyed telling. Mm -hmm. So that's why most people before the game even started were felt very confident saying, you know what? The 49ers are going to be in the lead the majority of the game. The Chiefs are going to come back towards it. It's going to go to overtime. The Chiefs win. Yeah, you know, but that's any, you know, sports movie we've ever seen. Uh, it's the same difference in anything that seems to have a storybook ending. Most of us aren't having a storybook experience. So we look at, wait, I already knew the prince was going to show up and save the princess. So this probably had to be, you know, delivered in a different way. I personally have had a lot of storybook experiences in my life that if I look back now, I'm like, look, I'll tell you the story. I don't know if you're going to believe it. You know, and so sometimes those moments are hard for people to believe, especially if they haven't personally experienced a lot of storybook moments. I think mm -hmm. obviously the NFL is happy that it turned out the way it did because that's probably and has already equated to that many more viewers, that many more fans, that many more dollars. And at the end of the day, the NFL somehow is a nonprofit, but it is a profitable company. Um, mm -hmm. The teams are in it to make money. The players are in it to make money. <clears throat> I don't think the games are rigged. However, I do believe that a lot of the marketing around how people consume the games is just like a reality show. There's a script. These are real people. We didn't tell them mm -hmm. what to say and do, but we put them in situations that we know the audience is going to fill in the blanks. And so I think as far as the marketing and the telling of the story of the NFL, particularly the Kansas City Chiefs, 
all of the things outside of necessarily what was on the field was created and presented for people to feel a certain kind of way, good, bad, and otherwise it's on you, how you feel about it. But all of us were supposed to feel the triumph of the football captain and the homecoming queen kissing at midfield. After a great, <laughs> it couldn't have, couldn't have written it any better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. I get that. And you can look at the San Francisco 49ers and say they blew a lead. Look, in each of the Kansas City Chiefs' three Super Bowl wins, they overcame 10-point deficits. So you can say, hey, the Chiefs going to get behind, and they're going to come back and win and maybe win in overtime. Yo, a lot of people can think of like that. I mean, Vegas has odds on the, uh, the chances of that happening. We get that. Maybe because the game is so good, because the drama and the intrigue and the play is so good and the buildup, is so wonderful. Maybe that's just what makes the NFL the best product known to man when it comes to sports. I mean, it's the biggest product in the world outside of soccer across the world. You're talking about here in the United States. It was the most watched television show in American history, 125 million people now that did have a Taylor Swift effect. I will say that. And yes, is the NFL in and, the the and the Usher huh? effect and the Usher effect and the Usher effect. Definitely the Usher effect. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, so does that have it? Yeah. Does the, does the NFL love the fact that we're actually even talking about, they even did a commercial at the beginning of the season talking about how the game could be scripted or whatever, but that just tells you how wonderful it is. This product is so good. It's so unbelievable sometimes that people think it is an NF, that it is a Hollywood script. And that is just really a testament to the NFL. But as far as like made up, as far as like the players in on it, because the players got to be in on it if it's going to be scripted, if it's fixed already, right? That's not true. That's not the case. Vegas would not allow that to happen, to be quite honest with you. And I know the NFL in Vegas, you know, because of everything that's going on right now with the betting across the, the, the world, like I think 40 states up to 40 states of uh, legal betting when it comes to sports betting around in all the states and whatnot. But at the same time, no. It's not, man. They, they, they're they not losing that kind of money. Somebody would be in on it. When you're talking about betting some of the players, that's why when the players bet on the games, guess what happened? They get suspended. Jameson Williams got suspended. I can't, what's the, the, the receiver down in Jacksonville got suspended for an entire year because of betting on the game. So if they already knew what was going to happen in the game, don't you think they'd probably be rich by now, having some of their friends rich by now? That's not true. So let's stop with this whole rhetoric, man, and just enjoy the satisfaction, the intrigue, the drama of the National Football League, because once again, it showed you just like it did on Sunday, why it's the best product, hands down. I love the NBA, hands down, when it comes to sporting events across this world, outside of soccer. Well, I feel like we've already talked about the NFL and football too long. So the two, back to the real story, the Usher concert. Okay, okay. So okay. Um, <laughs> it was much mm-hmm. talked about, and a lot of those eyeballs were there strictly for Usher, mine included. Like I said, I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't see the first half of the game. I was out working, but I wanted to make sure I made it to see Usher. And, um, you know, my generation, we grew up with Usher, even though he felt like a kid back then. And, you know, he has that uh, he had the residency in Vegas. It was a kind of a condensed version of his Vegas show with the roller skates and the special guest. And even a little bit of I noticed that I thought it was a, a cute wink to the Kiki Palmer situation when it said it may cause relationship issues. Uh, the mm-hmm. warning at the beginning of it. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cute, you know. Um, and so the actual show itself, though, I have friends who like t- are 10 years younger than me. Usher is their, their person. I'm an Usher fan. I like Usher. Mm-hmm. But they were like sending me the bingo cards. And I was like, girl, I ain't that into it. I like to be entertained. <laughs> I don't care who it is. I don't care like that. So I immediately reached out to my friends who were who have gone to Vegas to see Usher, who have paid the hundreds and thousands of dollars. I haven't, but I haven't done that. Um, they all were happy. They all were pleased uh, with the show. I thought it was an entertaining show. I can tell I'm getting old because my feeling was who, who is all these people out here? <laughs> you know, And that's the pageantry <laughs> and the performance mm-hmm. of a Super Bowl show. You're going to have a thousand people. You had the band, you had the, mm-hmm. the, the, nah, it was a, it was a blackity black halftime show. I appreciate that too. Yeah, it was very ATL. Yep. You had the the band, uh, HBCU Jackson State. You had the Capos out there with the Canes. I mean, it was a it was a beautiful representation of Usher's career, and mm-hmm. it was a great callback to where you were when these were hits. Um, 
And I mean, he's just been a high porn, uh, a high performing performer for his entire career. I can't remember a downtime for Usher. He probably could tell you when he thought he was down, but he is an artist who has maintained his high level of success and, and makes the audience dance and, and sing and, and, oh man, I, who, who do you have the baby with on the chick on the side? And this song, I mean, we got involved in his song. So the yep. first half was slow, which was understandable because he did a lot of the confession stuff, but I'm glad he ended it with all that high energy and all the dancing and all that. So I'm giving Usher, uh, since he cares about this for me, um, a B plus. And that's just only a because a B plus only because by the time I'm singing along, we already moved on to the next song. So that's not his fault, <laughs> but it's right, like, right. just let yeah, Usher do the concert. Minutes. Yeah. But that lets so, you know how many hits that Usher has. He had 15 mm-hmm. minutes to do all that. And he only got through maybe half of them. And a lot of people are upset because he didn't do this song. He didn't, I could, I could you not do this song? Usher did his thing, man. I thought, uh, I thought Usher was flawless. I think Usher, solidified and uh, his spot as the unified or the undisputed king of R&B, for sure. I mean, like you said, he brought the A to the world, the world to the A. He did his thing, bringing out her, uh, playing the guitar, whatnot. Uh, it, it, even outside of Jermaine Dupree, who I thought was CeeLo Green at first when he came out there with the- Yeah, you know, he's, he's he getting big, eviscerated big, online. Yeah. 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 And the socks and all that stuff, the Louis Vuitton socks he put out there, whatnot. That's all good. But everything was wonderful, man. Uh, of course, Ludacris and Lil John coming out singing A. We knew that was going to be the, the showstopper to end the show. But Usher killed it, man. He really killed it. Now, was it the greatest halftime show of all time? Mm, even though to somebody, to somebody, to, 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 to somebody, some, to maybe, yeah. to maybe his generation, but I'm old enough to remember Michael Jackson back in 1983 when this man had a stunt double on the top of the Rose Bowl and then he jumped out and he just stood on stage for two minutes and people couldn't stop screaming. I mean, that's how big Michael Jackson was at that particular time. But then Prince, uh, down in Miami, single, singing Purple Rain. As the rain is coming down, to me, will always go down as my all-time favorite because I'm just a big Prince fan. So I think it kind of goes with who you like. And Prince is my favorite artist of all time, followed by Michael Jackson. And then somebody like Usher is definitely in my top five. But Usher did his thing. There was nothing that I looked at that I felt like, okay, was over the top, wasn't good enough. Songs that he sang, everything was great. Alicia Keys coming out. I know people making fun of her voice cracking or whatever, but come on, man. Once again, I'm going to talk about that and stop that as well. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I would say for the venue, for the venue, I would have enjoyed fewer, slower songs because it's a football game. It's excitement. And so I think it's just an energy flow, even as a performer on stage, you know, you want energy because you're asking the audience to participate. It's an exchange of energy. And so when you're doing slower music and slower songs, you've kind of lulled your audience into a relaxation. We love the songs, whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. I would have, um, liked longer bits of the higher energy songs just because it was an energy exchange and it's a Super Bowl. But yeah, I thought it was a great show. I think, um, I think in addition to the special guest, you know, I, I read that he asked Justin Bieber and Justin Bieber was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. But because of the associations and the collaborations Usher has had over the year, I mean, he could have asked 2,500 yeah. people that we also mm-hmm. love. Uh, and so yeah. you, people got to be available. People got to want to have the time and energy to rehearse, create that part of the show, whatever. So uh, it could have gone on forever. And I think obviously we saw why those ticket prices were what they were in Vegas. But Good you know you, what? I'm proud as, of you. As, as great as what as he did, and he's going uh, it's going to pay dividends for him because you know these Super Bowl performers don't get paid. Uh, they a lot right. of times they put in their own money to actually help out with production. I think uh, the weekend a couple of years ago put in seven million dollars of his own money for production, but it's on the back end of what they get when it comes to streaming sales and revenue. And of course, Usher's about what well, he's about to put out another album or something like that, or go on tour or something. So uh, it's definitely going to pay dividends for him because he was seen around the world. But the um, I guess the, the the elephant in the room is what everybody's been talking about, even though he killed the performance and it was flawless, in my opinion, or whatnot. People still got to be messy. People still got to bring up certain things, whatnot. So let me ask you this question. Wait, what, what are people being met? What's, what's the mess? What's the mess? What's the yeah, mess? Oh, oh, the mess. The mess. Yeah, is, what's the mess? Because you, you, you kind of brought up the Kiki Palmer situation with Usher and uh, Alicia Keys. 
Alicia Keys is being married to Swiss Beats or whatnot. But see, then, I don't process that as mess. I process that as that's entertainment. I think that's cool. They made a little nod. They knew it was something that came out. The Usher, you know, everybody knows Alicia Keys is married. I don't think Usher was being inappropriate. With him. You know, I think oh, that's I, entertainment. I, 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 don't, I think that's I, fun. Little I winks to, you. I know what y'all going to talk about. I, I, this is I fun. I agree with you. What I'm saying is the mess is the reaction to what was happening. Like, oh, that's a married woman. How do once again, it was the same thing with the Kiki Palmer situation. Everybody's coming out and talking about, oh, Swiss Beast got to have something to say. And Swiss Beast even came out and said, basically, in the team, I'm not even going to address stupid stuff like that. They are entertainers. They are entertainers and they are secure. Just be, and I understand, like, you have an opinion, like, if you wouldn't let your woman do it, but your woman ain't Alicia Keys and your man ain't Usher. So if you got a problem with it, man, if, if Swiss Beast doesn't have a problem with it, don't worry about it. Now, I understand with the whole Kiki Palmer situation with Darius coming out and all that stuff and people get he came out and made a big deal out of it or said something about it or whatever. And Kiki disagreed or whatever. Then it kind of leads to a conversation, whether you like it or not. But if you're in an entertainment business, or whatnot, and if it's something probably that they rehearsed or whatever, and even though. Alicia kind of looked like she was kind of caught off guard by it, but you know, Usher was in the moment and it was not disrespectful. Uh, they're, I'm pretty sure they're really good friends. And I'm pretty sure once again, uh, uh, Swiss Beats, her husband had no problem with it. He even came out and said he had no problem with it. Why should we have a problem with it if the two people who are married don't have a problem with it? I'm asking you. Right. But question. again, I think, I, I think people who, again, um, offered those opinions online or felt a certain kind of way about it. Like you said, aren't married to entertainers don't understand the power. I mean, it's, that would be the same difference of any movie you watch and somebody's kissing, you know, or how many uh, red carpets that the star co-stars are standing next to each other, or, you know, you want to see that chemistry and that playful banter. Uh, Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm mini driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's not what I would consider mess. For me, the mess that I had noticed more wasn't messy for Beyonce right after Usher's performance to drop that Verizon commercial and not just drop the Verizon commercial, drop new music because it is very equivalent to proposing at your friend's reception. <laughs> now, you probably wow. have talked to your friend. You probably have said to your friend, hey, you know, 
you've been a part of our relationship. I would love you, you know, and more than likely, I would assume, I know it doesn't always happen, but I would assume when you see those moments, when someone proposes at somebody else's wedding reception, they've talked to the bride and groom and the bride and groom said, Oh my God, that would be so much fun. Do it. I would hope. Okay. The same way I would assume Usher and Beyonce have collaborated their peers in the industry that by the time she's talking to him about the Super Bowl, that she says, oh, I'm dropping music. He probably was like, yo, that's going to be so dope. That's been, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's assume everybody, all everybody's fine. Yep. Uh-huh. The perception was everybody was talking about Beyonce and not Usher. And now when I say everybody, obviously we were talking about the performance and what we liked and what we mm-hmm. didn't like. But Beyonce took over the show from there, like about 13 seconds after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> and then we have moved on. So you're talking more about the timing. The timing, the timing, because it was very similar to why it seemed weird when Taylor Swift accepted her uh, album of the year award that she announced her new album, because it's like, you're not in a room of fans, you're in a room of peers. And so this might Mm -hmm. not be the venue and they, they go had a reaction that you would want them to have. Those are your fans that are going to be excited. Obviously, anytime Beyonce has any kind of drop, hey, we are here for it. We want to see it. We know she is creative. We know she's been in the lab. The timing for her perfection. But was the timing rude mm. as far as business etiquette? Nope. Nope. I thought it was smart. I thought it was Obviously smart. it was smart, but was it? It was perfect. Because like you said, people came to watch the halftime show more. So people too. I was I was watching a, a, a Super Bowl party and half of the people at the party were paying attention to the game. Half of them were drinking, playing cards, whatever, whatnot. At halftime, everybody was locked on that screen watching the Usher performance. And that mm-hmm. was the Usher fan base, right? So that's a musical fan base. Soon as that performance is over, guess what comes on? The next commercial, and it's product placement. That's what we do in ads. Anytime you have ads, anytime you buy any advertisement, product placement matters where you put that ad at a particular time, you're right? If you're watching Soul Train back in the day, that's why you saw hair products. It's why you saw Stay Soft Fro. You saw all those types of things. If you're watching the game, you see a beer commercials or whatnot. It matters where you actually put your ad as well. So putting it right after the Usher uh, concert was genius by Beyonce. And like you said, I'm pretty sure as a professional courtesy, they probably had that conversation. And let's remember the reason why Usher, a big reason why Usher was even the halftime performance, because A, he's great. He's brilliant. He just had the residency in Vegas, which was smart. But guess who Beyonce's husband is? And guess what he's in charge of? He's in charge of the halftime entertainment. So, hey, this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Beyonce, you're putting this out. You got these new singles that are coming out. Let's put it in right behind that or whatnot. And that's why she's the queen. And even she had in the commercial talking about breaking the internet. That's what she wants to do. So, right. She well, was, well, 100%. Uh, it was calculated. It was genius. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. We were all like, wow. We all ran the title and the Apple to download two new songs. We know that the new album coming out and more, all that. Yep. And, and also, right performing su- halftime as Super Bowl is one of the biggest things a performer can do. And so there is just this, this energy of, and you know, Usher had a great day. Usher got married that day. You know, Usher got to bring the, I mean, it was, I'm sure he don't, he has no qualms about the day, but I'm saying as a professional time and place, perfection for Beyonce, brilliant. Would you have And also, I probably wouldn't have had a choice to do it because all of my advisors would have said, oh, hell yes, we doing this. But me as a person, I probably would have been more hesitant because I'm like, hey, I don't want you to feel this. My advisors, my attorney, my husband, everybody was like, hey, this ain't no feelings, this business, let's go. And then, yeah, it would have happened. So Mm -hmm. I'm saying Mm -hmm. I can imagine there were conversations about, hey, I am known to break the Internet. I don't want this to take away from Usher that, you know, all the things. And that's the thing about being an artist. And um, Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, the back and forth between who felt this and who felt that there's emotions that go into be being an artist and entertainer. And it's also a business. And so sometimes if your vibe ain't going to help my business, I might have to cause some separation or my vibe helps your business. Taylor Swift going to all these games. Hey, I'm going to encourage the connection. It happens all the time. I'm right. saying brilliant for business, brilliant for Beyonce, excited for new music. Everybody's talking about, I've seen already a bunch of really cool covers from mm-hmm. people in Nashville. 
I think it's gonna be a great movement for her to kind of, and she's already kind of dipped her toe in the country music genre anyway. It explains why she's been rocking out these cowboy hats and all the mm-hmm, last few appearances mm-hmm. she's doing, because all of it was marketing. All of it was a slow beat out. She had on a bolo tie sitting there at the Super Bowl with the kind of mm-hmm. the, the Dolly Parton blonde, yep. you know, so all of it, all of it, nothing happens by chance. Would I feel a certain kind of way? Absolutely. If you're Usher, you'd feel a certain kind of way? Yes and no. I know Usher don't feel a certain kind of way because he had an amazing day. (laughs) So no, I'm I'm saying just as a human, as a human, not as an entertainer, as as a human, as a person. Let me ask you. So let me ask you a question about the because you brought up uh, somebody having a wedding and somebody proposing at the wedding, which I think sometimes could be wrong unless you ask somebody. Right? Would you have a problem with somebody proposing at your wedding if it was a friend of yours, a good friend of yours? If it's a good friend of mine, they've probably asked me or her Mm -hmm. if it's the dude. Um, I would say, you know what? I would rather not, or I would say I'd be cool with it. I've never been in that situation, so I don't know how it would come down to the friend, the guy, the wedding, who I, you know, my, my -hmm. husband will have to be. So it's so many variables that I couldn't speak on that. I don't know, but I'm saying I would hope anytime I've seen someone do it, that they did have a conversation with the bride and groom that it wouldn't take away because that's a day that you didn't spend a lot of money on. That's a lot of day, your friends and family there. And that is a day that you get to be the focus. So anything that takes away from that, whether somebody else has on a white dress, whether somebody brought their kids just crying through the whole ceremony. I mean, that's a, yeah. everybody got their cell phone out messing up, you know, so it's a lot of things that will bother you that day because this was the one day I asked mm-hmm. y'all to show up and look at me. Anything outside of yeah. that, somebody right. could potentially have a problem. You know, that's you're, all I'm you're saying. absolutely right. So, so this is the done there been that podcast. I've never said this publicly. Oh, I don't know if I want you to. <laughs> mm. I'm contemplating whether I should. Or not. Uh, if you're thinking that hard, they say think long, think wrong. Don't do it. Don't do no, it. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's nothing bad. It's, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's nothing bad. Okay. But once again, this is where we speak our truth. This is talk, talking about situations, being in that situation, right? This is the whole premise of our podcast. We've been in situations like that. I've been in that situation where I've been at a wedding. So a lot of people don't know is that obviously people saw me propose to Cynthia uh, on television at her, it was a wine opening. It was something she was having something when she was doing, she was unveiling something. And uh, so I proposed there, had my kids there and all that stuff like that. I was on television. That wasn't the first time I proposed to Cynthia. The first time I proposed to Cynthia, uh, obviously, you know, like I said, um, uh, we were in Jamaica and uh, we were skydiving or it's the first time she had ever been uh parasailing or whatever. And I asked her then, Right. I didn't have a ring. I didn't have anything like that. So it really wasn't a proposal to be quite. It honest. really wasn't. It really wasn't. So well, we can talk about that. We can talk about it. But I, that's the first time I said, I know I wanted to get married again. So I did that up there because I felt like that was a once in a lifetime thing. I knew she wasn't ever going to do it again because uh, she was afraid of heights. So I did it and then came down and we told somebody and it got back to the bride and the groom who was a good friend of hers. Right. So we was at the reception and all that type of stuff like that. Wait, and wait, wait. I guess I missed the part of the story that you were at a wedding when y'all went skydiving. No, we, so we was, we was in Jamaica. It was a destination wedding. So days it was somebody else's we, wedding. Okay. Okay. Yeah, somebody, uh, okay. Yeah. So we went skydiving or whatever. We did that, blah, blah, blah. I asked her and I said, I want to, you know, spend the rest of my life. All that stuff. It didn't work out. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So during, during the wedding, all that stuff like that, people knew about it. And uh, at the reception, uh, we was dancing, having a good time. And uh, the bride and the groom actually said something to me. It's like, why don't you do it here? And I'm like, I don't even have a ring. I'm not doing anything like so. It was, I was contemplating the whole night, you know, start drinking and all that type of stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the night, people just started looking at us. We was dancing together, whatnot. And the bride and the groom just kept saying, doing like this. And my dumb ass, <laughs> in a sense, not dumb, but I was uh, I caught up in the moment. Not only have a ring, just came down, got on one knee. And basically proposed to this woman in front of all these people at this person's wedding or whatever. I felt bad about it at the time. I felt worse because I didn't have a ring. So it wasn't official. And of course, it wasn't official because the cameras weren't there on as well. So it couldn't have happened. So so wait, why do you say it wasn't official because the cameras weren't there? You meaning it wasn't. Were you contractually obligated to propose on camera during that time frame? Let's just let's just say that in the reality show world, it, it it didn't happen unless it was on camera. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. 
uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand. And then plus, once again, it wasn't an official engagement in a sense because I didn't have the ring, wasn't ready for it or whatever. I just knew that that was the time I wanted to marry her at the time. Obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, but uh, we couldn't even tell anybody about it. As a matter of fact, I told everybody who was filming, I said, like, you guys can't put this out. This can't be on the Internet, can't be anywhere on social media, whatever, because this would have been something I would have gotten back to her people. And then they would have been upset about that. So uh, but I can put it on my podcast. I know, but let me tell any man that's listening, it is not a proposal without a ring. It's a concept. It's an idea. It's a, it's a moment. Yeah, yeah, I understand. It ain't a proposal. I understand it was a moment. It wasn't proposed. It wasn't a moment. I'm just saying. It was a public, it was a public acknowledgement of your intention. It was a public. So only reason I even said this is because we're talking about how, you know, Usher Mm -hmm. had this performance and how Beyonce pretty much proposed at his wedding or whatnot. So mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about our own lives, which I think we should, like we're opening up and being transparent about that type of stuff like that. I am not going to talk or uh, give my opinion one way or another on somebody else, knowing I've been in similar situations and not tell you about it. So I think that's yeah. the DNA of the show. Well, I think your people, everybody that was there did a great job in not telling everybody that that's mm-hmm. another whole thing. But again, it came down to how the bride and groom groom's relationship was with you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, it's a case by case situation. It might be the bride and groom introduced y'all and they're like, Oh my God, we celebrate, you know, or it could also be, you know what this, she always been trying to upstage me, our whole friendship and that, you know, I'm saying so it's so many different right. dynamics that go into every time it happens that mm-hmm. you just don't know but the overall thought is don't wear no white to nobody's wedding if the attire nope. is not all white uh and don't go proposing don't announce you pregnant at my baby shower you don't have to worry about me proposing <laughs> anybody's wedding again Oh, did oh, we get hey, this? Is this on tape? Is this recording? Is this recording? You don't have to, you don't have to air word. Wait, you wait, wait. No. Again. This thing on. This thing on. Let you me tell you. Ever, believe this. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Let me tell you why I know this is not true. I can't, I can't why? believe you just said that on camera. Because people why? who get married, get married. And people who don't get married, don't get married. You will get you married. You can have some man. of mine. Oh I'm no, good. you don't put I'm that good. till you I'm good. till you do right, right. by you, me. You like getting till, married. Mike, you, you like do. getting married. Um, I like trying. I, I, I like you uh, try again. You gonna try I'm again. Love, love, love. No, I mean no, no, I just don't think it's right for That's me. not a bad know. thing. I no, can't wait. Real. I can't but wait. You will. But you'll you'll eventually get married. Well listen. I'll be there. I don't know that I will get married. I'm not anti-marriage at all, but it's not even something that I think about or that I'm pro or anti. It's not even a thought, right? Um, but I will say, historically, I have friends who I was, I was in their weddings, whatever, but I've been in multiple weddings. And then I have friends mm-hmm. like me who've never been married. I ain't never been in none of their weddings. And so mm-hmm. at a certain point, you're like, you know what? People who get married, or you can look at anybody who has had multiple marriages, they are going to get married because it's something about people who get married will meet people who will get married to them. Till you do right by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and y'all going to keep finding each other and y'all going to keep God. getting married. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. 
For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let me say this one last thing. Uh, A lot of times it's hard to enjoy the Super Bowl commercials, which is another big pull to the game because you got people talking and you're watching the game or in and out, drinking, talking. But anyway, a couple of commercials were highlights to me. Uh, Obviously, the Dunkings Dunkings Donuts Mm -hmm. uh, commercial was really great with uh, Ben Affleck, Mm -hmm. J-Lo, Matt Damon. Uh, The reason why it was great is because I like when people are able to laugh at themselves. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the media's perception uh, and the way folks talk about Brad, uh, Brad Pitt, Ben Affleck being miserable or looking bored or whatever. That's just his resting bitch face. I understand it well. And I love that they were able to make this whole campaign. I like that everyone, I like that J-Lo was able to, you know, come in. So I love that for what it was. Uh, a couple of weird commercials. Um, Mark okay. Wahlberg has a prayer app. Mark Wahlberg, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark Wahlberg is a uh, devout Catholic. Okay. And there is a prayer app that had a Super Bowl commercial. And um, I don't know. I understand he's one of the co-founders owners and all that. He's just a weird face for it. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not judging somebody's walk and journey. Right. Right. But right. I'm just saying also we naturally have associations for people. And so that's why mm-hmm. you do have people promoting certain things because you have an association with them for certain things. So um, that was interesting. It's uh, it's been out. Uh, this particular app, because I, I looked into it. I can't tell you the name of it now. Hallowed, Hallowed or something like that. Um, mm. And uh, I think it's one of the only prayer apps, Catholic prayer apps. So it's like number one on the rankings. Uh, but mm. I thought that was an interesting commercial for Super Bowl. And then Cedarfield had a little situation because there is a, it was a commercial about a father, a, a stepfather and his daughter. Uh, the stepfather is white. The stepdaughter is black. And it was about them. Uh, Hello. Thank you, uh, producer Chris. The app, the prayer app is called Hello. So mm-hmm. this com- this commercial for Cedarfield is like pulls on the heartstrings. It has this dad and daughter uh, bonding over Taylor Swift and, and football. And, you know, now the daughter wants to watch the games with the dad and all that. Well, it was completely ripped off from a TikToker who had already made these videos. So when what? people saw the commercial, they were like, oh, my God, this TikToker we followed. This is your story. Did, did Cedarfield pay y'all for this? Well, Cedarfield at first came out and said, oh, we just found out about her today. That's so cool. She had a similar story to our commercial. And everybody wow. on TikTok was like, absolutely not. Because mm-hmm. it's a, a white stepdad, a black girl. She's been doing these videos for months. And now we see a commercial just like this with the eye wow. patches on her. And everybody was like, oh, no, Cedarfield, no, you will not. And wow. then the next thing you know, the daughter and the stepdad, they came out and did a video like, yeah, Cedarfield, that ain't really cool. The mm-hmm. next few hours, you got a commercial, uh, uh, a TikTok video from this daughter and her stepdad saying with the hashtag Cedarfield partner, Cedarfield, thank you for doing right by us. We can't wait for you guys to see more with us in Cedarfield. They, so somebody they knew they did wrong. They knew they, knew they, they did, did wrong. Some, some, some no marketing executive, somebody who writes these commercials saw that. And, you know, it's the same thing with joke stealing. They feel like they can get away with it. Let's just take bits and pieces of it and make it into the DNA because they're under pressure. They can't come up with something. So this is cute. They'll never know. But I give them points. They rectified it quickly. You know, they first tried to say, oh, that's cute. We just found out about her today. They rectified it quickly. So that's all I can say. Do right by them in the beginning. Why do they have to go through hoops and, and jump through hoops and do all those types of things and hurdles and all that? Do right by them in the beginning. Say, hey, we like this. We want to take this. We'll steal the ad. We'll give actors, but we want to give you credit for it. We want to give you money. We want to compensate. Do right by people in the beginning and not do it on the back end because I'm pretty sure they still don't get it because you know how much it costs to do a Super Bowl ad, right. all that yeah. money. I'm pretty sure they're not getting a lot of money. They're getting some money. They're being compensated, but the kind of money that they probably shouldn't be getting, 
probably doesn't even compare. Right, but you know what? Cedarfield yeah. is only doing it, and which what? is good. Well, I'm glad they're PR. doing it. But they're yeah. only, it's bad PR yeah, they're only doing it because they got caught. That's it. But you know what? That's the wrong. thing is, that's the whole thing with the internet and specifically comedy. Um, most comedians won't upload anything outside of crowd work because you upload some jokes, somebody in Hoboken, New yep. Jersey doing your whole set. And if they hit with yep. it, then you look like you stole their joke because no one ever heard you say it because they weren't sitting that's there in the it. crowd when you did it. But it's one of those things where with social media, TikTok, anything that you put out publicly, right? There is this, um, I don't even want to say risk, but you are offering something for everyone to consume. And unfortunately, you don't always get compensated, right, for being someone's inspiration a lot of times, right? Um, and so it's, it's, it's a very slippery slope because, you know, it could be, okay, I had my dog singing a song and I put it on TikTok and then I see a commercial with a singing dog. Was that based on mine? Yes or no? I, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's always can always be disputed. You know, when you write a script in Hollywood, you have to sign a release before they even look at your script that says, hey, yep. we may have already been working on something that was just like this. And just because yep. you sending this to us and we make a movie that look like this don't mean you can come back and sue us and say we took mm -hmm. your movie. And if this does go to arbitration, you only going to get $1,000. I've signed several yep. pieces of paper like that. that <laughs> so it's time. one of those Me things too. that it happens. I'm glad Cedarfield rectified. They did try it. They tried it, but they rectified they it pretty it. quickly. And I'm happy and excited for that particular creator. And that's the way of the world of advertising. You have these multi-million dollar commercials and a lot of them are featuring influencers being inspired by just people in their homes mm -hmm. creating content because mm -hmm. they're seeing mm -hmm. what regular people are reacting to. Now, they still probably going to get a celebrity and pay them a bunch of money to do it. But keep creating. Keep creating. People are watching. Hopefully they will credit and compensate. But know that people are consuming you. Keep sharing. I love it. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Good commercial. I didn't see a lot of the commercials either because uh, actually I was doing a party or whatever and people were talking. But I did see the Dunkings. I saw the Bet MGM. I'm a Tom Brady fan. I love Tom Brady. I felt like because he wins everything or whatever. So I thought that was pretty good. And the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's your neighbor. I love yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I, I thought that State Farm commercial was pretty good too. But uh, yeah. Oh, wait, and I have to say Verizon with Beyonce. That's a given. Okay. That, that one. Put that on that. Yeah. I mean, look, look <laughs> breaking the internet. She still breaks yeah. the internet, man. Anything she does, she breaks the internet. Like I said, Beyonce is the most powerful force on the face of the earth. Once again, I said if Beyonce can get a, an arena or a stadium full of black women to shut up. I don't know why he's going to repeat this. He said it in the first episode saying, and they let him live, y'all. He's testing. He's testing they, fate. They, he's uh, testing no, fate, I'm not guys. saying that's a bad thing to shut up. I'm <laughs> saying, but hey, but other black women get mad when y'all don't shut up. When Beyonce tell y'all to just mute. But it's saying. not shut up. That's what we said in the first episode. So it wasn't about shut. It's called mute. It's a song. It's not about same getting thing. black women to shut up. Same thing. Different, different same things. Thing. Anyway, stop same that. Thing. I'm not gonna <laughs> let that be my stop that. But stop that. But leading into this week, stop that. You know, Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl is now obviously and previously has been in the goat conversation of QBs. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady I think has held that title undisputed for quite some time, rightfully so. And so I want people to stop immediately uh, comparing everyone's greatness to someone else's greatness and just let everybody mm -hmm. be great on their own. It's one of those things, obviously, you know, we were talking about the halftime show. You don't have to compare halftime shows because who, whatever show was your least favorite was somebody on the planet's favorite show, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. people will argue with strangers on the internet about whose favorite It's like, you don't get to pick other people's favorite or think they're wrong mm -hmm. because your favorite was their favorite. But also with athletes, you know, the LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Conference, the Kobe, just let people be great. Now the stats will line up and if you just want to go stat for stat or whatever, but then when you look at stats and you're looking at different errors, you're looking at different rules, you're looking at different things that, that may have affected stats and what people got. Just enjoy what you enjoy and you don't have to make a list to enjoy it. Yeah. It don't have to be first on the list for you to love it. It don't have to be fifth on the list for you to love it. It could just be something you enjoyed and love. Somebody did something great. Congratulate them. You don't even have to start arguing about who's the best. Also goats, I feel like goats are something that time establishes. I don't think we have to keep establishing goats in real time every other week. I think we right. let history dictate that. And exactly. that's subjective. I mean, that's, how, that's how I feel about the whole Patrick Mahomes situation with Tom Brady. It's like, okay, he's won. Eventually, maybe he will become the goat. But come on, Tom Brady's still there. And I, I said the same thing about Tom Brady when it was Joe Montana. He was still playing. I thought Joe Montana was the goat until Tom Brady overtook him. So time... We'll take it. And LeBron could eventually be the gold of the NBA as well. Who knows? But let's stop, like you just mentioned, just because somebody's 
else's opinion is their opinion doesn't necessarily mean it's your fact. We're not saying it's your fact. It's their opinion. And nine times out of 10, you have asked them for their opinion. That's one thing I hate about being a sportscaster. Sometimes it's going into a barbershop and somebody saying, oh, Mike's on television sportscast. And they ask me my opinion about something. And my opinion does not align with their what they feel like is their fact. And they want to argue me down. Look, and you don't have to tear somebody else down just to build your person up. You can just say, hey, you know what? OK, I hear you what you're saying there, but get, make a case for your guy. And that's where I come to my stop there, man. Just stop buying into the ignorance of us tearing each other down. It's happening so much in 2024, man. Uh, black comedians, especially, we have just been on a rampage. Uh, the older black comedians have been on a rampage, starting with Cat Williams, whatnot. And I understand people have gripes. I understand people have their issues with other comedians, whatnot. And sometimes they want to come out and tell the truth. And that's wonderful, whatnot. But when we start doing it and it becomes a trend and other comedians start looking at it like Monique just came out and did the same thing or whatnot. And she's very sweet. Don't get me wrong behind the scenes, whatnot. Uh, and she starts tearing other people down and rehashing things that happened two or three years ago. We have got to stop doing that because I think we're destroying not only uh, us as family, but us as a culture or whatever. And guess what people are doing that don't look like us? They're laughing at us. At us. Who needs white supremacy when we're doing a damn good job of actually tearing each other down? So we need to stop buying into the ignorance as well, because what's happening now is like you talked about, people have an opinion and now you're starting to take sides. So if you like Kevin Hart before, but because Cat Williams said something about Kevin Hart, now you can't stand Kevin Hart because he did this. You just automatically going to believe that. So we got to also stop buying into the ignorance and we need to encourage and promote uh, some positive talk. Uh, some positive thinking and, and positive rhetoric that's out there about us. So I pray that we will stop tearing each other down as we continue to go on because we're only halfway through February of 2024. We still got 10 and a half months left. I can only imagine where we're going to be if we continue to do uh, what we've been doing at the pace we've been doing it so far in 2024. So please stop that. I think that's all we got for this week. I'm hungry. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and don't be, don't be a gatekeeper. Don't be greedy. Don't be selfish. Share us with your friends and loved ones. If you care about them, you will share our podcast and say, you guys need to listen to this. We also love when you send us comments, even when they are funky and wrong against me. Love you for it. Um, fall back, men, men fall back. All back. All right. I, I retreat. Don't, I don't, retreat. I don't, I don't okay. like you when they say negative things about you, Eunice. I hate it when they say that. I say that. I, I, I stop that. I, I, hey, look, how many screen names Mike Hill got over there? New them anymore, but I like that people are engaged. I like that people are engaged. You can tell me how right I am and how great I am on this podcast without putting Eunice down. You don't have to do right. That. That well, I don't think I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, but but the thing necessary. is, I don't mind the engagement. I'm just saying, let's try something different sometimes. Uh, yes. But I enjoy the engagement. So thank you for that. Make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, share, keep commenting. And until next week, we'll uh, go somewhere and do some and be something. OK, that's done. Yeah. There, been that. Be somebody great. Done. there, been that. Peace. We'll see you next week. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 